Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. In our last episode, we met guitar improvisers of the electric variety. Now, we switch gears and turn toward acoustic guitarists. We'll meet three craftsmen who are comfortable making music in the moment, with distinct styles that reflect influences literally all over the map. All three are part of the Right Brain Records album, Guitar Improv Summit, Volume 2. Joining me today is Derek Jordan of The World Fusion Show, a popular public access TV program and podcast. This episode is another joint production. Welcome, Derek. Hi, Scott. Our first guest is Jim Matis from the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts. He's done many interesting things over the years, including performing with Derek in a World Fusion trio called Impulse Ensemble. Jim plays an instrument that he developed called the Lauatar. You can think of it as a hybrid of the mando cello and Greek lute, both closely related to the guitar. Jim's instrument is actually electric, but designed to capture the natural acoustic sound. Take a listen. Hey, Jim, great to see you. We don't get to play together these days much, and we have played together a lot in uh, Impulse Ensemble with our partner, Tony Vaca, and we did make a CD together of some wonderful improvised music. I wanted to ask you, because you have a bunch of different influences in your music, where they come from and how they come together. I can narrow it down to a few influences. World music, I know that's a, a very vague term, but we call what we do, Derek and Tony and I, we call it world fusion. So that sort of world of uh, East meets West, of American jazz musicians meeting with other players from around the world and combining styles, sort of what was what went, went into my lautar playing. You know, before before I played the lautar, I picked it up about 15 years ago. I was, and I still am, a guitar player. So my influences on those two instruments are, are very, very different. Indigenous music from Africa, from the Middle East, from India, um, that's one thing. My, and the other influence is jazz and rock and progressive rock. You know, that's what I was doing most of my life was fusion music of some sort or another. And then I guess the third element would be like totally free playing, like free jazz. When I was back in Hartford, maybe 20 years ago, I had a couple of really interesting improvisational groups. One was called Velocifer with a V, which was a, a, 
a rock band that was just completely improvised and we create, created these symphonic works that sounded composed somehow, but they were all improvised. Tell us about the Lauatar. It's based on a Greek lute. I originally started playing a Greek lute, Lauto, about 20 years ago. And maybe five years after that, I had an electric version made for me by Rick Turner at Renaissance Guitars. The closest thing that it resembles is a, is a mandocello, which is like a bass mandolin. Only the difference is uh, on, a, on a mandocello, the strings are in unison. It's tuned like a cello, exactly like a cello, to a low C and fifths. I put octave strings on it, which makes it sound more like the lauto, or also sort of like a 12-string guitar. So it has that kind of jangly sound to it. And the other part of the sound is the pick that I use. I use an oud pick. Um, which is a long, thin, very floppy pick, which allows me to get a very percussive sound that I can really slap it. And it, the dyna dynamic range with the, with the oud pick is just so much better than the traditional guitar pick, which is like playing with a, a shovel compared to, you know, a, a subtle instrument in your hand. The idea was to make an, an, a louder, more manageable tone that sounded acoustic, but was actually electric. So the way I record it is with a direct input, which, um, you know, is picked up by a, a piezo pickup. And also I, I will add microphones to it to get that, that acoustic sort of floppy sound of the pick. I want to ask you just a little bit about your playing style because um, it's, I think, very individual to you. And that is that you use a lot of droning in your playing. You don't really play staccato um, with spaces so much between, your, between the notes. It's very swimmy and droning. And I just kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit and your approach. I guess that's sort of my style in general, even with the electric guitar. I guess that sort of fluid style is even more prevalent in, in the Lautar. The sustain is, is incredible, so I kind of ride that sustain that I get from, from the individual notes on top, and I'm always trying to create a drone in the bottom that will act as counterpoint to what I'm doing on the top. Sometimes I'll try to do three different things at once. I'll have a, a low drone, I'll have a middle sort of harmonic thing going on, at the, and then up on the top, I'll attempt <laughs> to add a, a melody on top of that. So in a way, I kind of approach it like a, like a piano player would.
it just has such a full range from from the bottom to the top and it's very even i love it. I, I fell in love with it and, and to the point where i very rarely play my my les paul or my acoustic guitar anymore <laughs> Next up is a master of another unusual configuration, the Indian slide guitar. We welcome Joel Vina. Joel splits time between Vermont and Mumbai. A former electric guitarist in reggae bands and experimenter in electronica, he became fascinated with Indian classical music in a trip to the subcontinent and set out on a path to play a unique instrument that has 20 strings and presents a distinctive Indian sound. Joel improvises in classical frameworks that give performers a great deal of freedom of expression. Hey, Joel. So hey, it's Eric. great to see you again. And of course, you have been a guest on the World Fusion Show. And you really do such a cool thing with your Indian slide guitar, which is a relatively new instrument in the Indian tradition. But you play it in a very traditional way. You've worked with some traditional Indian teachers, but I want to know, how did you get interested? Um, what attracted you to Indian music? After all, you grew up in Vermont. You're a homeboy from Brattleboro, and you started out uh, when you were younger playing in reggae bands. Indian tradition wasn't necessarily in the cards for you, so what brought you to your understanding, appreciation, and attraction to Indian music. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I did not 
really hear or become aware of Indian music or Indian classical music until I went to college at the University of California in Santa Cruz. And there I signed up my freshman year. I was really trying to take it easy and uh, not do anything particularly academic. And I signed up for what I was convinced would be an easy A, which was a like a, a 200 person lecture hall of uh, introduction to North Indian music. And the teacher uh, is this guy named Dard Newman, whose father is actually a renowned musicologist of Hindustani music. And he uh, taught these wonderful lectures uh, weaving together the legends and folk tales about Indian musicians, uh, along with really he had a, a deep understanding of the music and he was a sitar player also. And um, sitting in those lecture halls in the morning, I think it was on Monday mornings, uh, kind of in the semi-tired state and hearing these amazing tales of musicians and then also listening to the music and letting it wash over me that is really what started to get me interested and um, hook me and the deeper i went it just became more and more rewarding slide guitar it comes from a modification of the Hawaiian guitar or the steel guitar and it's essentially an acoustic guitar often an arch top body that you play flat on your lap and the strings are raised off of the fretboard with uh, a raised nut both the nuts are raised the bottom and the top and uh, the result is that you do not fret any notes with your hands is that you use a steel bar to slide on it and metal finger picks and uh, the indian slide guitar in addition to uh, playing strings main playing strings where you are actually sliding with your bar it also has additional plucking drone strings kind of like a banjo might but it has four of them instead of just one. And then underneath the primary bridge and the playing strings are a, uh, is a bone bridge uh, made out of, uh, I think it's often antler actually, where there are 12 very light gauge sympathetic strings that are running close to the body of the instrument underneath the main playing strings. And those one tunes to the uh, rog or the scale that they are playing. And as a result of the hollow body and the resonant quality of having the strings lifted up off of the body, those sympathetic strings ring out on their own as we're playing. And that gives it this very unmistakable uh, sitar 
sort of sound that we became familiar with from like uh, late 60s and 70s with the Beatles and Ravi Shankar and stuff. And so a lot of people, when they listen to the Indian slide guitar, the first thing they say, oh, it, it sounds like sitar, but some, something's a little bit different. What are the tuning of the strings? The tuning, so in my four main playing strings, I would only use the tonic and the fifth. So it would be like one five and one five and the octave lower. Um, some rogs, some uh, of the classical pieces that we play do not use the fifth, or maybe the fifth is not a very important part of that musical piece. And in those pieces, we'll often tune at one four. One four. The sympathetic strings underneath, those are the ones that change with each rock. Indian classical music is an improvisational music at its root. When we play a rag, a rag is a unique musical form that encapsulates a scale that can be different ascending and descending, and also a grammar in moving about that scale. When we sit down, to play the rug, we have an itinerary, we have a form that says we start without rhythm, then a rhythm gets incorporated, then we play a composition like this. And within each of these sections, it's up to the artist how to achieve the aesthetic goal of each section of classical music. For the Improv Guitar Summit, you know, what you asked of me, Scott, was that it should really be a piece of music that, that is not pre-planned and is not premeditated and is a spontaneous expression. And so for the most part, Indian classical music is a spontaneous expression. 
except for the fact that, you know, like anything that we practice and we do over and over and over again, you develop certain habits and certain conventions even while you think that you're improvising. So I wanted to try to avoid this、um, because, say, I I chose rug biderby, a morning rug. I play this a lot, and I play it in a certain way because I often play it at the end of concerts. My idea for the improv guitar summit was that I was just going to sit down, press record, and whatever rug I felt like playing at that time. I would go for. My process was isolating myself in a place and time, and just trying to approach the rug purely from that moment. Contributed an original improvised solo to the Guitar Improv Summit album. Last, we will travel to Le Havre, France, to hear the abstract acoustic tones of Guillaume Gargot. He is a composer, improvisational guitarist, and recording artist who has participated in over 20 albums, as well as a range of contemporary dance performances and movies. One reviewer said of Guillaume's unique style that his music will lift you to enormous euphoric highs via twisted glacial landscapes, and then leave you breathless in a black hole of psychedelia. His playing varies widely. And here we focus on his spontaneous acoustic guitar creations, including solo work and this duo with pianist B. 
Burton Green. Guillaume started in jazz, but told me that he didn't really feel free. There were too many rules to follow. In his search for what he calls absolute freedom, he gave up playing with groups and instead focused on computer music and recording. After giving up the guitar for 10 years, he eventually decided to play it once again and he developed his truly unique style. Guillaume credits Jack Wright, a Wright Brain Records artist who we've featured in this podcast, with inspiring him to play and perform freely. He subsequently toured through the U.S. and Europe. I asked Guillaume why he chooses the acoustic guitar so often. He replied, simplicity. He needed a tool that was practical and predictable when traveling. Further, he added that with his acoustic guitar, he had the power to create intimate moments with the audience during concerts. You can feel this intimacy throughout his recordings as well.
Guillaume Gargot also contributed an original piece to the Guitar Improv Summit project. To learn more about the artists featured here, as well as the Guitar Improv Summit album and Derek's interviews with Jim and Joel on the World Fusion Show, please visit rightbrainrecords.com blog and look for the entry titled Acoustic Masters. listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.